Hey, Airbnb hosts, Natalie here. You already hear me every Wednesday on No Vacancy, the podcast, but I've decided to add a bonus episode at the last Friday of every month called Airbnb Advice Column. Every month, I'll ask you to submit your questions, pick three to five that I think most of you could benefit from, and those will go in here. So sit back, enjoy this monthly bonus episode, and thank you for writing in your questions to Airbnb Advice Column. XOXO, Natalie. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday and welcome back to another episode of Airbnb Advice Column. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. Now, before we jump into today's episode to go through your submitted questions, I need to vent for a hot minute about the way that Airbnb absolutely pissed me off this week. Okay. So, as you guys know, you're listening to this on a Friday, the Friday before Halloween. And I'm sure you have all experienced this. If anybody tried to book a one-night stay of your listing this weekend, it probably got flagged and there were issues with them being able to make the reservation. And we had multiple people try to book our units for one night on Saturday night. And it all came up flagged and Airbnb said, this looks like a potential party risk. And it was specifically with accounts who had zero prior reviews. Newer accounts, actually, some of them were not even new. It said that they had made the account in like 2019, but they just had no prior reviews. So those were the ones that were getting flagged. Guests who were trying to book a one night stay the Saturday before Halloween or Friday, the Friday or Saturday before, who had no prior reviews, those were getting flagged and they could not book. And I had people who like booked it with two infants and a pet. And I was like, they are not going to throw a party. Also, we just don't have a party risk where my properties are located. They're all in condos. We've never had a party. I just feel like if somebody's going to go party, they're going to go book a different, more remote property, not a condo complex with shared walls. So I think that that should have come up, but it sucked because we had a lot of families who were trying to book for this weekend, just one night stay to like go to Oktoberfest or something or see the fall colors because we're an all-season resort in Southern California and couldn't, couldn't do it, couldn't book. I even was telling people there's nothing I can do on my end to override it. You guys know how this goes if you've had this happen. And I was encouraging them, please try calling Airbnb and ask if there's something they can do to feel more comfortable accepting your reservation. And it just, you know, Airbnb has zero tolerance policy for parties right now, so they wouldn't let it through. Finally, finally, I get a one night reservation for Saturday. And I was like, okay, cool. They let somebody through. Let me check out this person. I see that they have one prior review. So I was like, okay, that's why they were able to make it through. Let's read this review. Three-star rating. Three-star rating from a previous host. A three-star rating. That is who Airbnb let through. I, in that moment, was like, I'm not hosting this person. There's no way. There's no way I'm letting somebody with a three-star review book one night the weekend before Halloween. Again, like I told you guys, my places are not at a huge party risk, but come on, three-star rating? That's like one of the lowest I've ever seen from a guest. It is hard. It is hard as a guest to get three stars from a host, okay? So I immediately call Airbnb. I didn't even, I canceled my automated booking confirmation message to go to this guy. We have this like friendly message that goes out that's like, we're so happy you chose our home. Um, I'll send you all of the check-in instructions the morning of your arrival, yada, yada, yada 
canceled that from going out and I immediately call Airbnb. And I was like, uh, you need to cancel this guy and reopen my calendar for somebody else. And they were like, okay, we can cancel it, but just know that the penalties will be incurred. And I was like, no, I am uncomfortable hosting this reservation, which used to work. That used to be the magic ticket to get you out. They changed their policies recently where now saying I'm uncomfortable doesn't work anymore. So they were like, oh, we no longer abide by that policy. You are you're stuck with this guy. Basically, if you if you want to cancel him, there will be a penalty to you, a actual monetary fine. And that date will become blocked from being able to be booked by anyone else. I lost it. Look, I was so polite to the customer service lady because I know that they are just going off of policies in front of them and it's not always their fault. I was still very polite and professional with her. But I was like, I need you to explain to me why Airbnb blocked multiple different attempted bookings from people with no reviews. Why did that happen? And she goes and she I set this up perfectly. I like knew she would step into my trap. So I set this up perfectly. I asked her, can you tell me why Airbnb blocked all these one night bookings from people with no prior reviews? And she goes, oh, it's because we don't want their first reservation to be one night before Halloween that comes up as a party risk. So anybody who has no prior reviews, we're just going to assume that they're a risky guest and they'll be blocked. And I was like, "Okay, got it. That makes sense. So. You would rather say no to somebody who's 50-50, could be bad, could be good. We have no idea because they have no prior reviews. She said yes. And I was like, okay, great. So how come you allow a guy who is a 100% known risk, three-star review, 100% known risk, you're going to block somebody who I have a coin toss, 50-50, they could be good or bad. You're going to block them, but you're going to allow the guy with a three-star review And she was like, well, you know, the algorithm is just flagging people with no prior reviews. And I was like, girl, like she could not. She did not understand it. You guys, I tried to explain this. It was like I was talking to to my two year old. She just could not comprehend. She was like, oh, no, we're just blocking people with no prior reviews. But this guy has a prior review. And I was like, yes, but what is the point of host leaving reviews if you're not going to take into account what that review is? This was a three star review. They said that they left a huge mess. They said they were terrible. They didn't follow house rules. They smoked all the things, all the things that we're scared of. What is the point of asking hosts to review guests if then we are not able to take that that guest review into account? What, couldn't get it. Couldn't wrap her mind around it. So finally, she said, OK, let me talk to my supervisor and see what we can do. And I will get back to you and I will open up a message thread for further communication. This all happened at like 10.30 p.m. at night. So I was like, do I stay up right now? Like, do I wait for her to call me back or open this message thread? Finally, she opens the message thread at like 1 a.m. I responded right away. I had my phone on loud because I thought I would be getting a call from them or something about canceling this guy. And I just wanted to make sure that if it got canceled, the date would open up and everything. Uh, So 1 a.m. I respond. And now they have read receipts on your Airbnb messages. No sign she read it. Nothing. I did not get a response for 48 hours. And I messaged this girl back like every three hours. And I just was like, hello, any updates? Anyone there? Anyone there? Hello. And the message that she had sent me to open this thread up was just reiterating the policies that after reviewing this, we found that this does not constitute a reason to be canceled. And if you choose to cancel this reservation, you will have to pay a fine and the date will be blocked. 
And I just kept pushing back. And I was like, no, I literally let me pull, let me pull up the messages, you guys. Let me pull up what I actually sent this lady. I was I was getting heated. OK, so again, her first response or her first message opening up this thread was just saying, please know if you decide to cancel the reservation, cancellation penalties will be automatically implied. These include cancellation fees, your calendar blocked on the affected dates, and you may lose your superhost status. Yada, yada, yada. We take cancellation seriously. OK, warm regards. Sure. I said, hello, I cannot understand why Airbnb didn't flag this reservation themselves. I've had people try to book this exact same unit for the exact same date, and this was the message they got. And I attached screenshots of those previous one-night attempted bookings, where it literally says, this reservation is flagged as it could lead to an unauthorized party in the home. So I attached these screenshots, and I say, Airbnb flagged this because they were booking one night the weekend before Halloween and had no prior reviews, so there is a risk they could be a bad guest. Now I have a situation with someone who booked the same listing for the same date, but he has three stars, which is very low for guest standard. So Airbnb is blocking guests that might be a risk and allowing guests who for sure will be a risk based on past history of prior reviews. I'm not comfortable allowing someone with such a low rating into my home. How is this guest able to instant book in the first place? A rating that low should have been flagged. I refuse to host this guest. I will not be penalized for it. Please remove the reservation and open my calendar back up. Thank you, Natalie. Four hours later, hello, are you there? What is the reason for hosts reviewing guests if I'm not able to screen somebody based on a prior review? Another four or five hours later, hello, is there someone else I can be connected with? This is the worst service I've gotten from Airbnb. Nothing. Another four or five hours later, I need this reservation removed and my calendar opened back up. Airbnb was preventing bookings of people with no reviews due to risk of unauthorized parties, but allows a group with a three-star rating to book the exact same date and exact same unit. This makes no sense. I'm very uncomfortable hosting this guest and should not be penalized because your algorithm didn't flag it. Again, nothing. Nothing. They didn't read it. They didn't acknowledge it. Nothing. Literally worse, worse service. I was so disappointed. I was so pissed. So I gave up trying to reach them. Like, I, I did not know what to do. In the meantime, the guest reached out to me because, again, I never sent him a confirmation message or anything. He reaches out and says, hey, Natalie, we're super excited for our stay on Saturday. Wanted to ask if there's a chance we can check in early. I didn't know what to do, so I replied to this guy. Let me read you guys what I wrote. I just said, hello. Can you tell me a bit about the nature of your stay and reason for visiting Big Bear? We do have some concerns about your previous review from another host, so we want to make sure that this is a good fit for us to host you this weekend. And he responded really nice. He said, we've been in Big Bear a couple times before as well, but haven't gotten a chance to spend night, so that's why we booked your place. The reason is just to enjoy cooler and chillier weather in Big Bear as it's pretty hot down here in LA. We plan on going to the lake, kayaking, and enjoying time off. And about an hour later, he said, I just saw my review after your message, and I'm not sure why I even got that. I have booked two to three times since then, and every time my stay has been fine. Let me know if you're comfortable with us staying at your place. We really like it, and that's why we booked. And for some reason, just in that moment, like something kind of changed in me, and I felt more comfortable. Like he kind of owned up to it and acknowledged our fears and everything. So I said, okay, thank you for your follow-up messages. To be honest, this is one of the lowest ratings we've ever seen from a guest, so it is making us a bit nervous. We would like to host you, but just please know that we will have to file a claim for extra charges if there's any partying, damage, excessive cleaning, or anything like that. And he said, I completely understand. I honestly don't know why I got a review that low. 
We don't do any partying and we will be bringing our two-month-old baby with us. So we are just hoping for a peaceful and pleasant stay. And then I said, okay, sounds good. And then I sent him his booking confirmation info, the check-in info, and told him we'd do our best to let him check in early. So at this point, we are hosting him. And the whole thing really just taught me a lesson that, oh, in the end, in the end, let me back up. So this all happened. And then 24 hours later is when Airbnb finally got back to me. They called me and said, oh, hi, you know, we reviewed everything and we are going to cancel this guest for you penalty free. So they finally came around, thank God. And I just told her and I was like, look, at this point, I've talked to the guest. I've been able to ask him the questions I needed. I feel okay hosting him. He knows we'll charge extra if anything happens. Like, we feel okay with it. And she was like, oh my gosh, are you sure? Like, we reviewed this and we're totally fine canceling penalty free. And I was like, it's fine. I, I feel okay about it now. So that was it. She sent me like a survey link to fill out, which I absolutely did. But this whole thing just reminded me, I wanted to talk about this today because even though I'm still super upset with how Airbnb handled it and just the complete lack of communication, them not even making sense on their own policy, right? Like this whole thing about not allowing people with no prior reviews is the risk they could be bad, but then you're going to knowingly give me a three-star guest? Asinine. So I'm still super upset with how they handled it, but I will admit there was a learning lesson for me in here with all of this. At the end of the day, when I realized Airbnb just did not have my back and I had to go talk to this guest just, you know, person to person, I really did start to feel more comfortable. Like his responses to me seem super genuine. I I hope everything goes well on my Saturday reservation. I'll let you guys know next week with an update if everything went well or not. But I've been doing this long enough to know red flags with guests. And after actually just talking to him human to human, I don't feel those anymore. I hope I'm not wrong. It was just a big reminder to me that we don't need to always rely on algorithms to try and flag things. This business is ultimately human. And I feel like when I just talk to him human to human, instead of being scared of this looming review, and that review was from 2018. So honestly, when I think about it, five years ago, yeah, maybe this guy did travel with a group of guy friends and it was a bachelor party or something and they and they partied and they were shitheads. Maybe that did happen. But now five years later, he's booking a one night stay with him, his wife, and their two month old. I think it's going to be okay. So just, yeah, it was a big lesson for me. I'm still pissed at Airbnb. I'm not letting them off the hook, but it was just a good reminder for me to just talk to people human to human. Wish me luck that everything goes well with this reservation this weekend. Hey, host, you know that brand new couch that you just bought for your listing? Oh, and the bed and the mattress and all your high quality linens and that whole outdoor furniture set? Did you know that you could have saved up to 40, 50, or even 60% on those? There's no catch and there's no cost. All there is is Minoan. As a host, you can sign up to Minoan's group pricing option for free and start shopping from over 200 of your favorite home furnishing brands. It's as easy as instead of adding to cart on the brand's website, add it to cart via the Minoan Chrome extension and watch the discounts start adding up. We all know that design and quality are essential for standing out as hosts in today's market, and nothing makes that easier than shopping via Minoan. I don't have to sacrifice quality for price with Minoan. I get the best products at the best pricing. Find the link in my show notes to get started and never pay full price again. 
All right, let's get to your questions. Thank you for letting me vent. Our first question comes from Catherine. She said, I have a follow-up from your co-hosting episode. Do you buy all of the restock items for your owners, like coffee and all that? Yes, I do. So what I do is I used to charge a 20% co-hosting commission, and I actually upped it to 25. That extra 25%, I don't pocket that. That goes towards buying restock supplies. And the reason I did that is because the bookkeeping, trying to sort out expenses across 10 different units was such a headache. And asking for those reimbursements, I just, it was just so difficult. And also different units were running out of things at different time. It was just really hard to keep track of. I would rather just do this whole bulk Costco run, ship it over to my cleaner, send it over to them, order stuff on Amazon, send it to them, and then just trust them to just restock things as needed. And I don't have to tally every single paper towel roll or toilet paper roll that gets put out. So this just makes it so much easier. I just collect an extra 5% now that just covers all the costs of restock supplies and everything's refilled. So that is how I handle that. Yeah, highly recommend it. It's been a great been a great change and I get all those credit card points because I'm still the one buying all of the refill supplies. I don't have to rely on owners. I'm not communicating with 10 different owners to make sure that they're restocking things on time. So I highly recommend doing it this way. And the one thing I'll add to that is I am only responsible for restocking. I do not pay for the initial stock of the supply closet. That I will buy the stuff if the owners want, but they have to reimburse me because sometimes it's like a thousand to fifteen hundred dollar investment just to get the supply closet filled to the brim. I will not pay for that, but ongoing, I will restock things with that extra five percent. Vera asked, can guests leave a review if they broke house rules and you cancel their reservation mid-stay? Yes, but you might be able to get it removed. So essentially, a guest can leave a review as long as they didn't cancel their stay prior to check-in. If they canceled before the check-in time, let's say your check-in is 4 p.m., if they canceled at 3.58, and don't arrive, or you cancel them at 3.58, they will not be able to leave a review. But as of 4.01 p.m., they'll be able to. Doesn't matter at that point if they left early, if they didn't actually technically arrive until like 9 p.m. The way that the Airbnb timing is set up is it's just if past, if even one minute past the active reservation start time happens and the reservation is still standing, they'll be able to leave a review. So yeah, if they've checked in and they've left early, whether it's you that canceled, they canceled, doesn't matter. They will technically be able to leave a review. However, you'll probably have a good chance of getting it removed if they did knowingly break house rules. You can prove that. If you can explain why the cancellation occurred, if there's a way you can prove that this is retaliatory, anything like that, you'll have a good chance of getting it removed. But yeah, the like motion for them to be able to leave a review that will have been initiated and there's no undoing that if they've made it past check-in time. Eddie asked, what to do if water gets shut off unexpectedly due to a broken pipe? Not our pipe nor our fault. Um, okay, so I'm not sure if this happened during a guest's stay or before they checked in. Uh, two different responses depending on the timing of this. If this happened before they checked in, I would... I mean, is there a way that you can get this like fixed and repaired before the check-in time? If you genuinely think that you can get it repaired before the guest arrives, I wouldn't even tell the guest. 
I wouldn't even say anything. There's no reason to stress them out. Just get on that repair ASAP. If it's iffy and you don't know if you'll be able to repair it in time, I would message them and I would say, hey, here's the situation. We just had a burst pipe. We are doing everything we can to fix it before your arrival. And if we are not able to, we will, of course, let you out of the reservation. We will give you a 100% refund. And, you know, we hope that you can find other accommodations. If you have multiple units, I would be trying to fit them somewhere else where they can stay with you so that they're not responsible for finding new accommodations. Like take that burden off of them, make it as easy as possible. Maybe even call Airbnb and ask them if they can start finding replacement accommodations for that person. I know you say it's not our pipe nor our fault. Doesn't really matter, right? At the end of the day, if the place is uninhabitable, guests don't care if it's technically not your pipe and technically not your fault. You're going to have to deal with it. Maybe you don't have to come out financially for it. And if the neighbor was being negligent or something, you can get the neighbor to pay for all of the damage. Maybe even you can have them or their insurance cover your loss of income for that reservation. I think that that's totally within bounds. But at least from the guest perspective and what Airbnb cares about, if there's a burst pipe, you cannot host that guest with that going on. Doesn't matter if it's your fault or not. If this happens during a guest stay, it's just, this is such a situation by situation type of thing. Like, I don't know did the pipe burst like over the master bed ceiling and completely soaked your guests? Was this a safety issue? Like, is it flooding the room that the child is sleeping in and the kid could have drowned? Like, what exactly do we have going on here? There are so many different scenarios. If this is actually a safety issue and the guests were in harm's way, uh, you might want to call your insurance and ask about how to start legally protecting yourself because there could very well be a lawsuit. If this is just more of a nuisance and there was just kind of a puddle forming or something like that, but, you know, there's going to be tons of people in there repairing the place and the guests have to leave, then I think you just need to work with them to refund all of the remaining nights. Uh, be very, very apologetic and sincere and just remain professional with them that this was unforeseen, out of your control, but you're going to work with them to find equal or better accommodations. Call Airbnb, explain the situation, just be a good host. At this point, you're not going to get the money from the reservation. You're just not. If you have to kick them out early or kick them out before they've even checked in, forget about that. I know the loss of income sucks. Deal with that separately. That can be something you go after insurance for or something like that. But at this point, just just be a human and empathize with the guests. Just deal with it the way that you would want it handled if you were a guest checking in. Would you want to stay in a place with a burst pipe and tons of contractors coming in and out? No. So you need to empathize with the guest and just be willing to to help get them out of this reservation and make that transition as seamless as possible. Then go deal with your repairs. Gabby said, it has been very slow for us. Has it been slow for you? Yes, it is slow for us. And this is what I want to ask you. I have seen so many people talk about oversaturation, oversaturation, oversaturation. I don't know what market you're in, but before you go blame oversaturation, which you're not even doing, but I'm just going to talk about this because this is what I see all the time now. Before you or anyone goes and blames oversaturation, go actually look at your market and look at the demand. Because Big Bear has been so slow this year, so tragically slow. 
And for the longest time, I was like, man, there's just too many hosts up here. There's just too many listings that started. Like, again, it was me. I was falling into that trap of blaming oversaturation. However, we actually looked into it. And anyone in Big Bear, like, don't quote me on this number. I may be getting it wrong right now. But I swear I saw a statistic or something that said Big Bear has lost, like, $30 million in tourism in 2023 compared to 2022. Something just outrageous like that. Again, don't quote me on the exact number. Something just outrageous like that. And the thing is, if this was an oversaturation issue, that would not explain a $30 million dip. This is a demand issue, not an oversupply issue. Because if there was still enough people coming up to generate that much money in tourism, Maybe as an individual host, your listing would still suffer. You'd have to drop your prices a little bit. You wouldn't be as fully booked. But the entire city, the entire market would still be bringing in a certain amount of revenue. It would just be spread across more hosts. Right? Are you guys following me here? In our case, that dip tells me that tourism has just drastically dropped, which kind of makes sense because we're in a market that boomed during COVID. I mean, we were up like 300% during COVID. I think because it was one of these markets that was within driving distance, people were scared to fly. Now that everybody's traveling to Europe again and things have opened up, our market isn't as popular of an attraction at the moment. So that has just made me feel a lot better. We are still one of the top performing properties in our area. It's just that demand isn't there right now. And there's nothing really we can do to overcome that. I mean, I guess some marketing towards the big bear market in general, but if it's if it's an oversaturation issue, that's one thing where you know, man, I really have to step up my game and be at the top of the competition here and and just step it up because the people are still coming, they're just not picking my place. If it's a demand issue, don't blame yourself. There's not really much you can do to just force demand into an area where it's not there, but keep an eye out for it. Keep an eye out for it. See if you can hang on. This right now, to me, there are so many people in Big Bear who are selling right now because it's been slow. I am hanging on. I am not going to leave these properties. I feel like people are trying to sell right now, and it's just going to be this huge bubble of people losing money because they bought after that COVID peak when they thought everything was booming. They fell for the flashing lights and numbers at that point, and now they're trying to sell when there's no demand. That is when you're going to lose money on your purchase. If there's any way that you can hang on and make it through these slower times in an area that has dipping demand, keep paying off that mortgage. This is one of the perks of owning real estate, right? Keep paying off that mortgage during these times, and eventually it's going to boom back up. I have no doubt that Big Bear is going to come back. I have absolutely no doubt. We are one of the only, if not the premier ski resort town in Southern California, driving distance from LA, OC, San Diego the desert, like no matter what, it's going to be an attractive destination. I fully believe that. So I am just going to keep paying off my mortgage. We're not losing money right now. So we are okay. But just if your market is slow, I want you to look into that. Is this an oversaturation issue? Are you just blaming that there's too much competition? Or is demand from your city actually down? Very, very big things to consider before you're going to make a move, whether you should sell or switch to a long-term rental or anything like that. And our final question from an account called DIY in the Burbs says, I'm switching from a full property management company to self-management. Where do I start? I'm scared. I am so proud of you. 
I am a huge, huge fan of self-management. It is not nearly as intimidating as you would think. You totally got this. I'm so excited for you. If you are overwhelmed on where to start, you have over 90 episodes of No Vacancy, the podcast to go through and binge, and there is tons of free value here on where to start. You can also reach out to me as an Airbnb ambassador, and I can walk you through setting up your own Airbnb listing so that it's not under the property management's account anymore, but you're going to be the one who owns it, and we can walk through and set up all of those settings. If you use my link to do that, I offer that consultation complimentary because Airbnb compensates me in those cases if you use that link. So happy to help you there. Or you might be a good candidate for my mentorship program where we talk all about self-managing remotely and go through everything, pricing, everything, everything you need to know that's like my most intensive 10-week course that will completely set you up on the right path. The investment in that will 100% be covered by the money you're saving by not paying out a manager, 100%. So that is probably the best resource I'd recommend to you. But it is a bit of an investment. It is a higher ticket offer. I will be very transparent with that. So if you need a free option, go binge the podcast for self-managing tips. Or again, if you want to work with me for free, I do offer free Airbnb account setup if you use my Airbnb link. So I will put all of those links for you guys in the show notes below. Thank you. Happy Friday. Stay safe this weekend. I know Halloween is technically not till next week, but this is going to be the big Halloween party weekend. So praying that all of your listings and rentals go very smoothly this weekend. Fingers crossed for my three-star guest. I, I hope we make it through this. 